Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. Gather round, children. It's story time. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Andy, Dude. you ready for the greatest story ever told? I am waiting with uh, bated breath. Is this our Christ show? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is what sometimes people refer to the Bible as the greatest story ever told, or the Gospels anyway, I don't know. We'll save that for Holy Week. Yes, amen. Hopefully this episode is a little bit shorter than, than the Old Testament. Yeah, especially the Book of Numbers. Yikes. <laughs> Don, how you doing? Yeehaw! Wow, very, very authentic. <laughs> All right. So this is the Album Nerds Podcast. We love albums, the album format, the stories that can be woven throughout a track list on an album in particular. And this week we're focusing on country storytellers. All right, we've got a great show for you. We'll be going over our individual album selections one by one. We're going to have a special guest reviewer this week, guitarist David Steele, who's played with some great country and folk artists. We'll be answering a question loosely related to today's topic. And then, of course, we'll spin that wheel of musical discovery to find out what kind of albums we're going to talk about on the next show. But this week, Country Music Storytellers. That's what I'm talking about! Country is a diverse category of music originating in the southern and southwestern United States, rooted in American folk and Appalachian music, but also drawing influences from seemingly all forms of music from Europe, Africa, and North America. Country songs often tell tales of working-class Americans, and today each of us will present an album of country music storytelling. So country music does lend itself to storytelling, particularly song by song. The challenge here, of course, was finding albums that really drive that that whole thing home, where it's just loaded with stories. How did you guys do uh, finding the perfect album? I did pretty great, if I don't say so myself. Wow. I really enjoyed this topic. There were a bunch of things that I was digging on. I mentioned a couple. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. It was somebody I never thought I would really take seriously, but he put out a great record in the late 80s called Buenos Noches from a Lonely Room. Is your problem his name? Is it the name that's hard to take seriously? I have like or? a stigma of him as being like super cheesy, I guess, yeah. from growing I up. I, yeah, I don't know where I came from, but... Did you see Sling Blade? No, as a child, yeah. He's the villain and he's the bad guy. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a couple others I'll mention as well. Uh, we talked about that Hank Williams cover from the, the last week, but I listened to a record from Hank Williams' grandson, Hank Williams III, called Straight to Hell. Really interesting. Rough around the edges is, uh, is yeah. not even saying enough <laughs> about that record. Yeah, Vocally, he sounds a little bit like his grandpa, unlike his dad, Hank Williams Jr., who had his own complete, you know, different sort of style vocally. Yeah, this guy's kind of like country metal almost, or he comes at it from that sort of like perspective. Pretty interesting. And I'll, I'll mention one last kind of like uh, independent country artist by the name of Slack Eyes Slim. And he put out a great concept record in 2011 called El Santo Grial La Pistora. Oh <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? Uh, yeah, I like the Spanish music. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I learned Spanish. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> El Santo Grial La Pistola Piadosa. Wow. Thank you. Thank sure. you. It's, a, it's an album about a, a man and his gun. 
Gun Sensuum by God. It's a really interesting Ooh, record. Nice. Wow. Also fits into this kind of outlaw theme that we're going to be exploring a bit today. Sounds like a good movie, too. Don, how about you? Well, I uh, I made my pick pretty fast, uh, but I did want to mention a bunch of the records we've done in, in the past. Of course, Johnny Cash, Bitter Tears, uh, also Loretta Lynn, Fist City. We did both of those. <laughs> yeah, in, I love that title. Yeah. <laughs> it was episode <laughs> 164. Record. We've talked about The Red-Headed Stranger by Willie Nelson back in Twice. episode 154. <laughs> yep. uh, Waylon Jennings, Honky Tonk Heroes in episode 186. Uh, and then a couple more recent picks, Ashley McBride. Presents Lindyville. We did an episode 204. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Dude's Album of the Year, Charles Wesley Godwin, Family Ties, episode 226. Yeah, um, I had a few that immediately entered my mind. Michael Martin Murphy, Blue Sky Night Thunder. It has a song called Wildfire that when oh, I was yeah. a kid used to make me cry every time I heard it on the radio. This horse is out in the in a blizzard and this girl is out looking for him calling wildfire and the horse dies and it's a cold mm-hmm. Nebraska night and stuff. So uh, living in the Midwest, I really connected it with reality and it made me cry. And oh, You're a sensitive kid, weren't you? Yeah, that's why I'm such a jerk now. What happened? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I also, Kenny Rogers came to mind immediately, The Gambler. I really wanted, I love that story. And then there was even a made-for-TV movie based on it. But the rest of the album, like, gets kind of disco-y and just as, like, there's some good songs on it, but it's it's not very storytelling. It's, it's a little cheesy. Yeah, a little, little corny. Um, and then the closest was Ian No, River Fools and Mountain Saints. It's a more modern album from a couple of years ago about different characters in Kentucky and uh you know, their lives. And uh, I wanted to get something that was more of a cohesive tale. So uh, that's what uh, made me make the pick I made. It's quite a sentence. All right, <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> let's see what we chose. You choo choo choose me? You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns who dig you dig <laughs> I think I'd be the dig guy too <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of us would be on our knees digging that hole alright for my country storytellers selection we're talking about Marty Robbins and his 1959 record entitled Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs this is the fifth studio album for the singer songwriter and NASCAR driver from Glendale Arizona First time with a NASCAR driver on the show, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> that's that's the Doppler effect. Science. Thanks for that little tidbit. Yeah. You just got blinded. <laughs> um, we are going to play kind of the big single from this record and, and Robin's most successful song. This is El Paso. Dashing and daring a drink he was sharing with wicked Felina, the girl that I love. So in I yeah, so like most of the songs on this record, it tells the story of like uh, the untamed West and uh, a cowboy and his love. Uh, there's another guy who tries to claim his, his love, and then of course it comes to uh, to a gunfight. And, uh, what? Yeah, that's how they settled things back then. That's, that's a pretty original story. <laughs> well, from my understanding, this was one of the record that really kind of built that 
mythos that you know we've come to uh, appreciate in modern day western yeah. and cowboy tales. Well, and I've I've heard that song a gazillion times over the years. I never know knew who did it, but when you see the record, the album cover, mm-hmm. it completely it's like yes, of course that's the it guy. Fits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marty is wearing a full cowboy getup on the cover and he looks looks pretty stunning, I must say. Looks like he's about to draw. Yeah, he's ready. He's about to draw that smoke wagon. <laughs> All right, my three words to describe this album are Tarantino cowboy drama. I was yes. really surprised at how just like brutal and savage some of these songs are. <laughs> like, like, like we kind of said, like everything ends in a gunfight or somebody's yeah. going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, every one of these songs pretty much. But everything is kind of, to a degree, sort of romanticized. And you know, yes. all these heroes are presented like this larger, larger than life personas. And everything is told from sort of the gunslinger's perspective, generally. So you're kind of relating to these, par- these people, even though they're maybe not the most uh, ethically sound decisions these people are making. You know, Tarantino makes me think of this as the brutality of what was happening in the American West and, and in the Plains during the late 1800s was... Hollywoodized and turned into something glorious, right? And I think that's that's part of the cowboy tale that that we just kind of assume. But it, you know, these guys were not necessarily heroes; they were people that were supposed to be put in jail, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. They were outlaws for a reason. Um, yeah, but you know, music has that great quality of being able to sort of you know put your spin on things or or mm-hmm. give sort of a perspective that resonates with lots of people. I think this album does a great job at presenting that that side and, and really, you know, if I was a young boy growing up in the late 50s or early 60s, like this would be like so hard to knock it into this kind of storytelling. It's so good. Let's play another cut from the record. This one I think is one of the the one of the stories that really struck me and sold me on this record initially. This is called They're Hanging Me Tonight. They're hanging me tonight that night he came and took my flow. So that's one of the uh, few cuts on the album that, that wasn't written by uh, Marty Robbins. That one was uh, from a James Lowe and Art Laupert. But yeah, so a uh, guy takes a girl. Um, so he kills them both and ends up, you know, waiting to, to be hanged. Pretty standard fare back then. But sure. Still yeah. Tuesday night. I didn't recognize this until I read somebody else's thoughts uh, uh, about the song. But uh, as the song progresses, like it, there's more stress and, and anxiety in mm-hmm. his voice, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I thought was, uh, you know, a really nice touch. Uh, the three words. Uh, I chose to describe the album are warm, inviting narration. These are, you know, pretty pretty rough stories uh, of of the old west. But something about his voice, just uh, yeah. you know, is smooth and um, yeah. Well, it's, it's croonery, right? I yeah. mean, you could you could put a put a poncho and a six shooter on Sinatra or Andy Williams or whatever. And some of this is very not what we would consider country now, but probably pop country of that era, which was much more orchestral and crooner-ish. Yeah. Everything has like a nice like reverb on it too. It kind of sounds yeah. like you're in like the canyons or something and it's echoing around. Yeah, definitely a, a different feel from like the Johnny Cash kind of cowboy songs. Right. Yeah, Cash sounds meaner. This guy's like, yeah. I shot him right in the face. He bled all <laughs> yes. over town. It's like, oh, that's so romantic. <laughs> I, I think it's it's true of, of a lot of country music. They deal with these really dark and, and heavy themes and, and sadness. But I feel like it's always with like a shot of honey or, or something, or a spoonful <laughs> of honey. You know, it just it's like a lighter treatment to something that's that's really dark. You know, I mean, when yeah. Nick, Nick Cave talks about death row, 
you know, it just, it's a totally different, <laughs> yeah. different feel. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, great out. It's exactly, you know, I think what you want this, this record to be, you know, it's, it's well executed. Yeah. You know, great cowboy record. Well, and then the sound, the style also, like you can picture, like leave it to beavery 1950s post-world war ii kids running around with their little holsters and cowboy hats and mm-hmm. yeah i owe silver kind of thing yeah it sounds like america uh of that you know when the the boomers childhoods really <laughs> yeah totally all right one of the other things that really stuck me on the record was the you know thing we don't hear very often nowadays is like male backing vocals um but this record has a, a lot of it actually and i think it works really well to kind of create some interesting sounds one of the tracks i think they do it best on is the opening cut here this is big iron he's an outlaw loose and running came the whisper from each lip and he's here to do some business with the big iron on his hip big iron on his hip in this town lived an outlaw, yeah, so you hear a little bit of that uh, that backing vocal stuff. It does work well. It just it just sort of I think it gives that impression of the around the fire the around the campfire type of vibe. You know, yeah. if the guy takes out a guitar after he's done some shooting for the day, and then you know his buddies <laughs> sing along like that scene right. in Three Amigos when they're singing Blue Shadows. <laughs> so yeah, Big Iron takes place in. The town of Agua Fria, uh, Arizona Ranger engages in a duel with Texas Red, and uh, but it's mostly the song is about the big iron on his hip, the gun, and then the ranger catches Red off guard and <laughs> prevents him from. The, the lyrics are clearing leather, you know, pulling it from his holster. Uh, just yeah. those little mm-hmm. details are what makes it so cowboyish and and those kind of uh, what you'd expect, stereotypically expect from country music storytelling, you know. Feels sort of phallic, having a big iron in your pants. Sure. Whipping it out. Good God. (laughs) All right. So the three words I used to describe this album were peak cowboy cool. We kind of got to this already. This is that period in American entertainment when Westerns were just, you know, all over TV, movies, the Lone Ranger and all that stuff. It just uh, was very pervasive and and, uh, the that ugliness of the American West got smoothed over and, and, and made into something else. And uh, Marty couldn't have done a better job of being the flag bearer for that. It's really great, really great music. Yeah, the uh, the album was inducted into the National Recording Registry in 2017. Um, they did record a follow-up record to this a few years later. It wasn't quite as successful. Um, but yeah, I think uh, at the time and um, you know even today, I was surprised at how well these songs held up and was still pretty compelling storytelling so uh yeah i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna nominate this for the album nerds hall of fame man. wow i think it's a really solid record and i think it definitely represents this uh this era of american history and this part of uh country music really well what do you guys think well before i vote uh, we had asked um david Steele, country music guitarist who's played with uh, the likes of gary allen steve earl and john prime cool. We asked him his favorite country storyteller album, and coincidentally, he said this. So, yeah, this was uh, kind of easy for me. Uh, Favorite country storyteller record would be Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Just a great concept album, you know, like the greatest Hollywood Western, you know, like runs across your mind's eye as you, for every song on the record. It's just unbelievable, uh, the detail in the lyrics and the 
beautiful use of the kind of terminology and phraseology that that only comes with that cowboy culture. Marty Robbins, I think, wrote most of the songs on the record, but somehow he and the writers knew that language, and it's the icing for me, the the little fun, you know, he'll turn on a nickel and give you some change. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It's just great. Turn on a nickel and give you some change. So, um... But yeah, that that record just kills me. It's just so specific, and uh, you, you're just transported right into those scenes of every song. It's just amazing. I love it. It's my favorite. As an aside, when I lived in Nashville, I met Marty Robbins' uh, son at a friend's house, and that record came up, of course. And he didn't have much to say about it, but what he did say, and he said it real casually, he goes, you know, that record was recorded in one day. I don't know if that's true. If it's true, it would be an incredible achievement. My God, if they did all of that in a day. But anyway, there you go. Gunfighter ballads and trail songs. Thanks for having me do this. I'm I'm flattered to be asked and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks again. Bye-bye. David wasn't aware that I'm the one that sings on the show. Yes, I know. That's <laughs> You're going to have to hash that out. <laughs> A little sing-off there. <laughs> Better clear some leather. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm with uh, I'm with David. Uh, I think this is uh, you know this is a, a great record, and you know probably the the epitome of uh, you know that cowboy country storytelling. So I vote yes. Every gun makes its own tune. Every gun does make its own tune, and Marty took that whole vibe and i think took that whole singing cowboy deal that was happening in in, gene autry films and stuff and perfected it like this is this is exactly what you picture when you say country storytellers so absolutely hall of fame all right well congratulations to marty robbins shout out to david for his uh insights on the record yeah thank you so much for contributing once again the album is marty robbins gunfighter ballads and trail songs I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. People come up to me all the time and say, I don't like country music, but I really like you. I would call them the NPR demographic, you know, the thinking man more than the drinking man. Can't we think and drink? Yes. I think that should be Brandy Clark's next song. Can't we think and drink? Yeah. Thinking and drinking. I like it. Okay. So my choice for a country music storyteller uh, is Brandy Clark uh, and her debut record from 2013, 12 Stories. Brandy Lynn Clark, who was born in Morton, Washington, 1975. She was a, like a music row songwriter for several years in, in Nashville. Uh, wrote some hits for the likes of Miranda Lambert, the band Perry, Cheryl Crow. But this was finally her uh, opportunity to be in the in the front. Well, that's that's the way you make your bones in Nashville, right? You mm-hmm. go and you write songs. You hope to get your name out there, so someone will let you make your own record. Yep. Okay. Well, here's uh, here's a song called Stripes. Yeah. 
yeah, so, you know, kind of a, a, a clever song. So basically, uh, she's saying she would kill this person, but, you know, she doesn't look good in orange um, and she hates stripes. Ah, <laughs> uh, There's a cool line in there. You know, uh, no crime of passion is worth a crime of fashion. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the reason not to go to jail or break laws is because you'll have to dress like a like a fool. It's yes. so funny. Okay. <laughs> Either way, keep you out of prison is a good, good moral take. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the three words I, I chose to describe the album are soft-spoken observer. So it, it seems like, you know, Brandy Clark is, you know, just observing sort of ordinary people and, um, you know, describing their, their lives. And it, it's, uh, you know, it, some of the, the subject matter is, is very serious. You know, sounds like there's, there's some, you know, uh, domestic violence going on there and serious drinking and, and stuff like that. Uh, infidelity. But, you know, she has just some, some clever lyrics in there. You know, sometimes things are presented in, in kind of a, a silly or outrageous, uh, way. I, I, I just, I feel like she could have written a song about people doing their laundry and it, a <laughs> slice of life thing and still would have been good. Should pull the drama out of the folding or the uh, rinse cycle yeah, or something. Yeah, well, it's not all. It's not even just all drama. It's just the observational skills and the way of wording things to make it relatable but not predictable. Is what mm-hmm. I thought she did really well. Well, let's hear uh, another one. This is illegitimate children. When I was listening to this album, I just had it on headphones. I was not looking at the song titles. It starts off with people getting, you know, having shots and getting drunk at a bar. And when the line kicks in, this is how illegitimate children are born. It totally, I was like, what? So that's, that's what I meant by it's not predictable. Like I thought I knew where it was going and it did not go there. Basically narrating the story of drunk sex resulting in unintended pregnancies. And, you know, think before you drink. Uh, I guess, you know, we've all been there, (laughs) but it just was like such an in your face way to, to bring together what the consequences can be for actions taken when maybe you're not of totally sound mind. And, uh, it just really, it got me. So, uh, the three words I used to describe this album are like it is, which is pretty much, she just tells it like it is and sometimes surprises you with her candor. And I really, um, I enjoyed that about this about this album. And one thing I want to mention, illegitimate children, it should have been a clue. At the very beginning, you hear like a lullaby toy playing, you know, like children's music. I should have picked up on that, but there's your warning. But yeah, the unglamorous aspects of normal life somehow made interesting. Uh, kind of like Ashley McBride's Lindyville without the, as much humor thrown in and it, it, there aren't as many stereotypes thrown around, but it's, it's equally enjoyable in, in its own way. Yeah, and uh, Brandy Clark actually co-wrote most of those songs uh, on that Lindyville record that with Ashley McBride. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Uh, here's another one. Here's uh, "What'll Keep Me Out of Heaven." Yeah, just some really compelling storytelling on that track. I thought every one of these songs is just really well constructed and performed, and I found myself kind of getting wrapped up with these stories almost, you know, the first listen. Three words I used to describe this album are Floor 13, Couples Counseling. (laughs) So... 
the, the impression I had from this record, and tell me if I'm wrong, Don, is like these are all kind of stories from like one building or maybe like an apartment or like a, an area or something like that. And kind of all lumped together. That could be. Yeah, it makes sense. I think what makes this record so interesting and maybe why it works so well is that Brandy is kind of playing the part of like this sort of, you know, uninterested narrator who's kind of telling these stories, um, but isn't really a part of them. I feel like she's kind of like stepped outside of that a little bit. And it's why she is like very blunt and she doesn't, you know, pull any punches on these stories. They really cuts to the heart of them pretty quickly. I think that works really well. Yeah. And she's got a, you know, she's got a really great voice. And I think musically that's, it's really solid. And there's some moments on here that really work well. You know, got some, some twang, which I think is, uh, you know, appreciated in these uh, country songs. It, it feels like, you know, drunken country nights in a lot of these songs. So I, I was pretty, uh, pretty positive on this overall. Nice. Uh, and also mentioned that there are some backing vocals in there. You can hear uh, some Vince Gill and Casey Musgraves uh, nice. on the sound. Oh, wow. Some big names. I also like how it's, it's not about, you know the rodeo or something yeah it's everyday life and and uh yeah it feels like very modern in that way yes well and you know the stereotype when you hear country storytellers we think more about marty robbins and thing you know uh, willie nelson and things of that nature so uh, this was this was a nice palate cleanser um, yeah for the our three choices here okay so that was brandy clark's 12 stories from 2013 Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And now, Deep Questions by Don. All right, so we're, you know, of, of course, exploring the, the world of country storytellers. What about outside of country and folk music? What's your favorite non-country song that tells a story? Well, the first thing that came to mind, um, we did our covers album last week i was listening to tori amos's 2001 album strange little girls yep which we also talked about when we talked about slayer surprisingly that's <laughs> <laughs> come up a few times <laughs> that's right um well that record also features a track cover by an eminem song called 1997 bonnie and clyde which is a really interesting story i think tori does a great job of selling it on her record of this uh, man and daughter, you know, they're going out to the ocean to basically bury the mother that they killed. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the conversation between the, the father and the, and the young daughter, and it's really creepy. But it's also really compelling to, you know, hear it unfold every time. It always strikes me. Yeah, mine was, the, the first thing that came to mind was very dude. Pearl Jam Jeremy from their debut album 10. I think... Just for me, that was the first time as a semi-adult that I was impacted by a story and a song where at first I didn't really know what it was about. Then I saw the video and I paid closer attention to the lyrics and, you know, it again, an impactful story about, um, in this case, a, a kid that's picked on and it drives him to suicide. But just the social aspects the shining lights on dark places that bands like pearl jam were doing at the time for me was new right i knew it had happened before but it was new it was part of my generation and our stories and uh that's always uh, although overplayed still very impactful 
Uh, well, I've got another one sort of from Dude World, um, Metallica <laughs> 1. There you go. Right? So that's um, that's based on the the novel um, Johnny Got His Gun. It's a Dalton Trumbo, I, I think was the the author, but it's a guy about a um, poor guy who loses all his limbs, can't communicate, hear or see, I don't think, in, in from World War One. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just think that that song is just so powerful yeah. and so depressing, and then, right? Definitely not is. like a, a country music treatment. No, <laughs> but then you you wait for the you know then you get the darkness imprisoning me, which somehow That's even cool. though you know how freaking dark this prison that this guy is in, it still somehow brings up the mood a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And all these non-country ones just feel so much darker. <laughs> <laughs> Darkness imprisoning me, all I see. Yodelahi, who and Yodelahi. I could see that bluegrass gun. That's supposed to be a fiddle. Okay, well, what's your favorite non-country song that tells a story? Let us know. Hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Also on Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. I like your style, dude. <laughs> Okay, so I went with Sturgill Simpson's The Ballad of Dude and Juanita, released in August of 2021. It's a bluegrass folk uh, sort of record. Sturgill Simpson was born June 8th, 1978. He's an American country music singer-songwriter. Seven solo albums out now, self-released uh, his first two, and then, you know, has gained some some notoriety for, for his albums like Metamodern Sounds and Country Music and, and uh, A Sailor's Guide to Earth. But in 2020, he started messing around with bluegrass and released a couple of albums that were covers of his own songs in bluegrass style, and that led down this path to uh, the Ballad of Dude and Juanita. It's a concept album, Western narrative, set in Appalachia, and it's a love story, kind of Marty Robbins style, with some gunslinging. So why don't we start off with a little bit of Old Dude, part one. He was harder than the nails, hammered Jesus' hands. He was the one they called Dude. All right, so the song basically describes Dude and his background, who he is, and that's kind of one of the attributes of this album. There's the story, but then there's also these tracks that describe the characters. The three words I use to describe the album are the dude abides. <laughs> dude does. does what he does, right? He he lets out the beast. You know, Juanita gets kidnapped uh, by Seamus McClure, and uh, Juanita's made Dude a better man, but he has to let old Dude out to go seek revenge and save his woman and uh that's what he does <laughs> release the dude <laughs> yeah uh we got uh, on one of the tracks willie nelson plays guitar on juanita love the civil war setting the prologue starts off with a you know civil war march type thing telling the story of dude and juanita and then uh, like i mentioned the, the songs about characters which is is great i would have liked a song about seamus mcclure though right i mean don't we want to know a little bit more about the bad guy yeah he feels like he's an important part of the story but yeah he's not focused on too much until right at the very end mm, maybe you should do a follow-up album that's told from his perspective there yeah, you go seamus's backstory <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens anything's possible with sturgill simpson but his voice is part Waylon, part Chris Christopherson, a little bit of Merle. Like this guy's voice is 
made for this kind of storytelling yeah. and this kind of music. Um, so really uh, enjoy the tale. So while we continue to get to know the characters, let's find out a little bit about one. Sam. He was a hound of hounds. He was the wonder of all walkers. He loved howling at the moon. He loved treeing that raccoon. Most of all, he was my best friend and he's gone too soon. Yeah, dude, that's that's a tough part of the, the album. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, as we were listening to that, I'm, I'm st- my dog is sitting over here, and he's a tree walker coonhound, and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The record kind of comes to a, a bit of a pause there to give a, a moment of uh, silence for Sam, dude's dog and best friend. Yeah, pour one out for Sam. I couldn't really tell how he died. So, like, did his paw get, like, infected or something? I, I couldn't really – it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it sounded to me like he got – he was cut up by thorns and stuff. So, I think okay. he got caught in some brambles running up because they were they were searching for Seamus McClure. And uh, But, yeah, so my impression was that Sam ran off and, and got caught in some stuff and ended up – but, yeah, th- there was no, like – violent end that is described in the song which i'm happy about yeah he lets out that final bay though yeah i know (laughs) i tell you that would have made like a good like john wick story at the the whole second half of the record was like you know getting his revenge for there you go seamus is killing his dog or something Uh, my three words to describe this album are Man, Heart, Mountain. As much as the, as the songs on here are about the individual characters in the story, I really felt like this whole project felt like such a love letter to Appalachia and this time period. And, you know, much like the Mario Robbins record, it, it feels very romanticized. Mm-hmm. But it feels like, you know, we're celebrating the dude and that, that freedom of this lifestyle and, and sort of like, you know, that connection to the land, I felt like was yeah. really the focus here. As much as, you know, there's the drama around the people, but I think that Appalachia tie-in is, feels so strong here to me. Yeah, also in the story, you know, when he's kind of like running out of steam looking for Juanita and, and is just exhausted and has lost Sam, he's found by the Cherokee people and they set him back on the right track. I like how they brought in uh, Native Americans into the story in a, in a way, a positive way, which in the Marty Robbins era may not have been the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He kind of like straddles the two lines between the, his dad was like a minor, right? And then his mm-hmm. mother was uh, Native American. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he kind of, he fits in both worlds nicely. And it feels like we're kind of exploring a bit of both of those cultures through this record. And yeah, I found it really compelling. I love his voice and uh, there's some really great kind of bluegrass um, licks on here at times. And yeah, it's a fun, it's a short record. I mean, it's less, less than 30 minutes, but I feel like it covers a lot of ground in yeah. that time. All right. So we've gotten to know Dude. We've gotten to know about Sam. Why don't we learn a little bit more about Sham? Yeah, you can hear it like that, you know, I think they had some galloping, but you can definitely hear, feels like he's riding the horse or mule. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, so there's some confusion about whether he's, in fact, a, a mule or a horse. Sounds like he's a mule based on the parentage. I didn't, yeah. you know, he mentions it there, but... The 19 hands seems pretty tall f- for a mule, doesn't it? it depends on the hands. <laughs> <laughs> There's shack hands. The shack hands, or are they mine, or are they... <laughs> <laughs> so much like dude, you know, it sounds like Shamrock is also sort of a big badass. Me or... No, yeah, no the other dude. No, I, I'm definitely <laughs> not a badass. No. 
Not to be confused. <laughs> Not even close. I like that one, actually. Um, it goes on for maybe like an extra minute, sort of like a, a bluegrass uh, jam. Yeah. That one's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the three words I, I picked to describe the album are never played out. Uh, so there's a song on the album called Played Out. But yeah, this is great. I love that he's paying tribute to you know to this kind of music and, and, and this kind of record. Um, I was actually kind of surprised, like reading some of the reviews. A lot of people were, were lukewarm warm on this album and i don't know if it's just that they're disappointed that he's not pushing the boundaries of rock and blues and country or, or something but i don't know i just i just think this is you know such a, a cool uh, cool record and yeah actually i mean for it being such a simple and sort of like silly story uh, i was actually quite moved you know i was really sad you know yeah. during the dog funeral basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially when the dog dies I don't, I don't think there's any happy dog funeral <laughs> and spoiler alert when he finally tomahawks seamus mcclure um i'm just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> take that seamus I would have liked to have known the depths of Seamus's evil a little bit more, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, if you want classic storytelling from a modern perspective, calling back to the past, go check out The Ballad of Dude and Juanita by Sturgill Simpson. And then if you want to break your brain and get into his, his more metaphysical stuff, go check out the other albums as well. What's the with you? All right, so we've... Uh immersed ourselves in these uh, country storytellers. But what else have you guys been digging lately? I think uh, we'll mention a couple new releases here that are starting to trickle out into 2024. Really enjoying this uh, punk rock female-led group, of course, since I got last time I talked about in the show in the past year. Uh, this group called Sprints has put out a record called Letter to Self. Really interesting. Wide variety of different sounds on this record. Just starting to dig into it. Feels really promising though. I've also been digging into Andre 3000's new flute record. Trying to uh, decipher if there's any value in this. It's called New Blue Sun. It came out at the end of 2023. The whole record is flute? It's flute and like there's some synthesizer and piano. Hmm. Okay. Or no, uh, vocals or rapping or anything. Wow. All right. Uh, I don't know if it's worth worth your time, to be honest. I'm not sure we should be talking about <laughs> it if it wasn't from Andre 3000. Um, but it's interesting, I guess, that he did something like that. And one more new release I'll throw out. This is also from last year. Something you might be interested in, dude. Metal group called Immortal. Immortal. I'm in. The name alone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's badass. The, the album is called War Against All. The cover has like this big frozen skull mountain on it. It's uh, it's pretty good. I've been really enjoying it. But yeah, how about you, Don? What you been uh, digging on lately? Well, I guess, um, you know, because I, I did the uh, that Hank Williams cover record, uh, and then we were focusing on country storytellers this week, uh, I went back and I watched uh, Ken Burns' Country Music, so mm. the, the doc series that he did back in 2019. Um, I think I started mm. watching it years ago, and I, I never finished it. So it is a big time commitment, but it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, country music is just so vast, and, you know, it's been going on for 100 years, and to try to put a narrative through read through all of it um, is, is quite an accomplishment and um, yeah I, I highly recommend you know country music
music to um, to everybody. Um, and it's gotten me, you know, checking out records from like the Carter family and Jimmy Rogers and nice. you know, those <laughs> kinds of people. I've got the audio book edition I keep not listening to. I should, that's a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that. How, how long is this documentary? I think it was eight episodes, seven or eight episodes, and each one is pushing two hours, between 90 wow. minutes and two hours. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah, Ken, wow. Ken Burns don't don't do things light. <laughs> <laughs> Burns are nothing. And you're still like, oh, he didn't talk about so and so. All right. So so for me, like one one big thing that I, I decided to do after our cover albums episode was I have all the Metallica studio albums on vinyl, except I didn't have Garage Inc., so I, I did find a copy, a used copy of that and picked it up. Uh, I've been listening a little bit to this new artist, Brennan Edwards. He's a country artist. He has one EP and a short LP. The EP is called Till the End of My Days, and the LP is called Yeshua. He's kind of a stripped-down Tyler Childers-style artist, but there seems to be a lot of religious overtones, so I'm still kind of getting to know it, figure out uh, how much a part of this artist that part is. But he's got a really nice voice, and some of his songwriting is shaping up to be kind of interesting. Both those were released in 2023. And then I finally got Alien Weaponry, Tangaroa, on vinyl. Nice. I've, had it in, I've had it in my queue forever, and it finally became available. Uh, that was one of my top albums uh, a few years back. They're the thrash groove metal band from New Zealand that if you haven't listened to our episodes about the two albums, go check them out. They rock and you learn about the Maori tradition and, and some interesting stuff about New Zealand. Okay, well what you've what you've been digging. <laughs> All right. Well what have you been into lately? Let us know on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, threads, also Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. <laughs> It will be a discovery of extraordinary value. Well, it's about that time in the show when I'm reminded of the great Italian astronomer Galileo. Yeah, that happens. You know, you know how it goes, guys. Sure. Talk about country albums for 20 minutes. Galileo, Galileo. There you go. Yeah, he was famous for saying, we cannot teach people anything, but we can only help them discover it within themselves. Mm. And it's with that spirit, I'd like to bring out my friend and yours, Wadbot, to see what we'll be discovering next week on the show. You nerds have spoken before of the impact MTV had on popular music. Next week, the power of the music video becomes clearer as you explore albums by artists that were winners of the MTV Video Music Awards. Okay, so yeah, that should be interesting. MTV Video Music Award Video of the Year Award winners. So so these guys had to win the Video of the Year on the MTV Video Music Awards. Is that Damn. That's what we're shooting for. Wow. That's it, yeah. Yeah. 39 of them. Many of which we've probably talked about, so <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Hopefully the uh, album's as good as the video, you know? Yeah, we'll hope so. Alright, who's your favorite video music award winner? What else are you listening to? Let us know. Join fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. And please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you for joining us here on the Album Nerds Podcast. We'll catch you next time. I want my MTV. Yep, see everybody, uh... Out on the range there. 
Yeehaw. Jeremy Spokane class today. Oh, it's country pearl jam. Then you go into like uh, the bluegrass yeah. fiddle. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs>